you're not going to be able to control everything that comes your way, but you can certainly control how you respond to it. And, and, and I say respond because that's the planning, that's the practice that, and you put all this in place, you're, you're responding, you're not reacting. And I think there's a big distinction between those two. And I think there's a big distinction on the impact that those, those two, you know, ways we can deal with things impacts you from a health standpoint. I really do. This podcast is sponsored by Engineered Tax Services, a subsidiary of Engineered Advisory, whose goal is to support CPAs and their clients to achieve the highest and best use of time and resources. ETS offers specialty tax services and incentives, which help expand your capabilities and ensure that your clients are paying only what is required in taxes and nothing more. To learn more about Engineered Tax Services, go to engineeredtaxservices.com and mention the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast to receive project discounts and a free CPA partnership ebook. Hi, everyone. This is Heidi Henderson, and you are listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast for accountants. I am really passionate about people and the industry. And I truly believe that the accounting industry can do better for both our clients and its professionals. So I'm going to share insights from people who have found professional success and who have managed to balance that with their physical, mental, and personal health. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope you get inspired. Accountants can earn free CPE from listening to this episode. Just visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. And now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Our guest today is Darcy Casey, who has managed her own firm. She's actually the co-founder with her partner of Casey Nealon, and it's located in Reno, Nevada, or Carson City, Nevada. They opened their doors in 2006, and uh, before that, she'd been in public accounting since 1989. So she's got obviously lots of experience, though her title, I love this bio, her title is managing shareholder or CEO. Darcy prefers to see herself as the chief problem solver and the strategic planner for the firm. And she values the privilege of working with interesting clients from different personal and business backgrounds because that's really what fires her up. So brainstorming with these people, with these business people and really helping them make informed decisions is one of the things that she absolutely loves the most. She enjoys staying active as well. She's got many hobbies, which I'm hoping we can talk about today. And uh, she's also actually the chair of the Aliat Global Alliance Worldwide Board. And that's actually a CPA association that I've also been involved with for the past 11 years. So Darcy and I have known each other for a while now, and we've worked on a number of projects. I am a huge fan of Darcy's because obviously she's got a women-run firm and, you know, she's entrepreneurial just because she started her own firm and has been very successful and has really that sort of outside perspective of really trying to be an advisor to her clients and really thinking outside the box. And I value that so much, as well as our relationship meeting at Aliat, which is, I said, this worldwide CPA association. If anybody who listens to this is interested in becoming part of a global association of CPAs and attorneys across the world. The network is amazing. The events are just fantastic. I always thoroughly look forward to joining them typically twice a year and meeting everyone from around the world. And the collaboration that occurs there is just fantastic. So that's an amazing association. So with that said, that's enough about Darcy. I'm excited to really dig into some of the personal background and, and learn more about her as an individual and what she's been uh, building and what she's learned through her career. So Darcy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Heidi. I don't know what else to say after all of that. So <laughs> I'm sure that pales in terms of reality because, like I say, I'm a huge fan. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about your background personally. Where Where are you originally from? Um, well, that's an interesting question because I was actually born in San Diego, but I didn't grow up in San Diego. And just due to, you know, life, life events with my parents and them being divorced, we moved around a lot growing up and actually never went to the same school my entire life. I went to two or three schools every year of my life and ended up graduating 
at 16 just to kind of be done with it all. Um, so I graduated high school early. And so, you know, that was, it was an interesting upbringing and, you know, not a lot of stability there. But I think one of the things that I got out of that was that, you know, you can, you can take life's events and it, you know, it's all about perspective. You could be, you could be really bitter about it, or you could take that, those tools you learned and use them, you know, to better yourself. And so I think that's where I got that from. Wow, that's that's amazing. And it's so, it's so interesting that you went there because some of my questions are probing into <laughs> kind of exactly that. Like, what are some of the struggles that we face and how do we turn those around for positive and kind of overcome those in our lives? And, you know, as as kids, I mean, that's something that's huge, not having that stability. Do you feel like that then correlates to what was appealing to you about the accounting industry? Um, you know, it's really interesting how I ended up in accounting. I did not choose, I did not choose accounting. It, it kind of chose me. So I, I had moved from Las Vegas up to Reno to go to college, uh, completely unsupported in that endeavor. And so just, I was just taking classes and I, I was actually pursuing a major in marketing. <clears throat> and I, and that's what I did graduate with. But in the meantime, as I was working my way through school, um, I worked for a small accounting firm in Reno. And so, I, you know, I was doing receptionist and uh, receptionist job for several years. And then when I graduated, I went to work for a small casino in Reno, family owned. And it wasn't wasn't the greatest environment. Um, I felt like, it, you know, I did actually take a step back in pay just to kind of get a foot in the door there. And so then once, um, you know, I had worked there probably about six months and my boss at the accounting firm asked if I would come back and he doubled my salary. And, um, and so I thought, well, you know, this isn't really my ideal where, you know, the, the, the casino that I was working at. So I went back and, you know, within, you know, a month or two, you know, he said, well, you know, why don't you just take the CPA exam? And so that's, that's how I became a CPA. Um, and so I, you know, I pursued that and, you know, within a relatively short amount of time, I realized the potential not just from a salary perspective, but, you know, the challenge that, you know, that the challenge of the job itself and the challenge not only of accounting, but public accounting in particular, because there's never a dull moment. There's never a day that's the same as another day. And you have to, I always tell people, you either, you either have to love accounting, public accounting, or you're going to hate it because it's very demanding, <laughs> um, but it can be a lot of fun too and, and, and thriving on I think all those differences that you see every day um, is really important to be successful in public accounting. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with with all of that, like the stress, the timelines, the perpetual deadlines, how do you manage currently the sanity of all of that personally right now? You know, I, I'm really big on, you know, routines and, you know, and some sometimes I'm on it and sometimes, you know, you fall off it. And but I've really been able to over time develop ways to keep my sanity. And, you know, it's kind of a combination of things. So I would say, you know, when I'm when I'm at my very best sticking to all the things that I know work for me, um, a day looks like, you know, getting up at four or five in the morning, um, starting with, you know, just my vitamins, my green drink, you know, all that kind of thing. And then, and then, you know, going through this kind of ritual of, of reviewing my goals, going into my journal and, you know, kind of organizing myself and, and my thoughts and that sort of thing. And then taking my dog, Jackson, who's right there, taking him up on the trails behind my house and doing like about a half an hour little hike up there. And, and that's a, those days are the best because I feel like when you start your day out, you know, kind of clearing, clearing your mind so that you're preparing yourself for what's going to happen during the day or what you want to have happen, um, as opposed mm -hmm. to just showing up at work and then the flood of everything starts happening. You know, it starts happening to you rather than you controlling it. Um, and maybe control isn't the right word. But um, so on those, on those morning walks, what I do is the first five to 10 minutes is just gratitude. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I, you know, let a negative thought come into it, into my mind. I just think about, you know, whether it's gratitude for being alive and having fresh air to breathe or the people in my life or my dog or whatever it is, just taking that time to just solely think about gratitude and 
what I am actually grateful for. And then after that, it's the rest of the walk is all about this visualization. And so it might be just that particular day, what I would like to have happen that day. Maybe I have, you know, meetings back to back or difficult things to deal with. And I just visualize, you know, it all working out positively, you know, maybe more specifically, I'll think about things. Um, So everything from like visualizing my day to visualizing what I want my life to look like five years from now or what I, you know, and so in that process, what I've learned is there's never a point where you stop yourself from believing that you can do something. So sometimes like I'll think, oh, well, that's too much to ask for, you know, and it's like, nope, cut that out of the thought process and really get clear on what it is you see for yourselves in the future, what you would you know, down to how you would feel about it, you know, how you feel waking up in that state and, and having those things right in front of you. So those are some powerful things that I do. Um, and like I said, sometimes I'm really on it. Sometimes I'll go a month or two without doing those things, but I know they work for me. So I can always gravitate back to them, you know, just depending on what's happening. The other thing that I do is, um, exercise has always been a part of my life and, and I like variety. So I do a lot of different things, but, um, like right now, my major component of exercise is hot yoga. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I try to do that, you know, several times a week at least, and, and then mix that up with some cardio and, and, um, strength training. But I feel like that, you know, that keeps a healthy body, but even more so for me, it's really mental, you know, it really, clears my mind to, you know, get a good workout in and just get into that space. Wow. So I, I've known you for a long time and I, I didn't know most of that stuff. And I think it's amazing because I, I identify with a lot of that stuff, too. I try to adhere to a lot of that. I am not as good at doing, you know, that that visualization aspect that you talk about, you know, in the morning, because I think to your point, taking the time to be really intentional about our day changes everything because it's so tempting and not even tempting. It's like, it's just automatic. If you don't do that, that you come in and you literally spend your whole day just reacting to what's being thrown at you and you don't take or get the time to be able to then look and say, okay, what should I be focusing on for me to actually achieve my goals? And it's like, you just never even see that. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, so, a true believer in that you, you know, you create your, you create your reality. I really believe that. And I think mm-hmm. too many times people don't take the time to even decide what they want, you know, I mean, and and it's harder than you think when you start doing it, because if, you know, if, if the sky's the limit and anything you know, anything you can imagine, you can make happen. It's it's harder than you think to actually determine what you want to have to happen because there's so many choices. But I, you know, I tend I I tell our staff that a lot too. We I, I do coaching with all of our professional staff, and you know, I try to get them. You know, we have a series of questions and preparation for each coaching session, and you know, it's just trying to get them to start thinking about what they want out of their career because what we found is we can offer people all kinds of things but if they don't know what they want then there's no way we can give it to them you know it's just it's impossible it's an impossible scenario so we really just try to get people to at least start thinking about what they want at least out of their careers and you know hopefully that kind of catapults them into thinking beyond that as well well, that, it's pretty neat, though, that you're taking the time to do that, because at a time in this industry and really in the economy in general, I think the number one issue we're all facing right now is staffing issues and retention and finding staff, keeping staff, and then sort of changing with younger demographics coming in that have a different focus and and are a little bit more focused, I think, on a better work-life balance and maybe not so much the you know, what What I kind of had growing up, you know, is that grow up, graduate college, get married, have babies, you know, buy a house, you do all these things. I see some of the, you know, my kids in their 20s have such a different focus. And it, it's more about experience. It's more about living life and enjoying the process along the way, rather than accumulating some of those things, obviously not with everybody, but, you know, allowing you to give them a voice and take the time 
to think about those things. I mean, that's got to have a huge impact. And so, so do you feel like your focus and commitment to your health, both, both mentally and physically, how does that then affect, affect your staff and the culture really of your whole company? Um, you know, I, that's hard to really pinpoint. I mean, I think it's, you know, it definitely helps me to be calm and present when, when I'm here and when I'm with people, that's something that I, I do try to practice on a regular basis. I think, you know, as far as staff, you know, it's always, it's really hard because, you know, we do invest so much time and, you know, just energy, all the things. And, and the, just the nature of our profession is that, you know, in public accounting, you've got, you've got people who are getting their experience requirements to get their license, and then they're moving out of public accounting into private and onto something else. And, and that's always been the case, right? That's not something new. And so it's something, you know, that you just kind of have to accept. But I don't think the fact that, you know, that there is, you know, relatively high turnover just naturally, not just in this day and age, in this profession, it shouldn't change the way that you, like you were saying, intentionally are, you know, help people and help them develop. So we know that we know that that's going to happen. But I, I think it it speaks to who we are that we'll, we're going to do it anyway. You know, we're going to do all the things to make this a good place to work in a culture that we can be proud of, regardless of what the turnover rate is. And, and I think that, you know, and a lot of times we've had people who have left and come back. We've had people who have left and become clients. We have, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios where you're just, you're building bridges continuously and you never know where that's going to take, take you or them. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty neat perspective to keep in mind, you know, and, and to not have or harbor hard feelings if someone moves on and, and changes careers as well. You know, looking at the, the long road in terms of potential opportunities or relationships going forward. So before I'm, I'm actually anxious to kind of dig in a little bit more to your firm and kind of how you got here. But before we do that, I have a couple more questions back to kind of talking about your daily habits, your personal habits. And for for listeners too, one reason I do this podcast is because having now worked in this industry for the past, I think about 17 years, I feel like there is a, a really significant lack of focus on taking care of oneself, especially you get tied into tax deadlines and understanding that most are working really long hours. But I think that it really does correlate to how we're able to take care of clients and and when we're taking care of ourselves mentally, physically, all those things. It does trickle down to staff and to clients and how you handle all those things. But that that's kind of going back to my next question, which is what led you? I guess what and this might be a difficult question. It's hard to ask, I guess. <laughs> might be hard to answer. What was kind of the path that got you to where you are right now that you realize the value of those morning walks and getting your head straight and and setting those intentions like that's usually something sort of you've evolved through your life to kind of get to that point what, what do you feel like was that process for you um well I think initially you know I think I've just always been a really optimistic person I I don't I don't know why that is I just always have been any situation that happens you know I'm always looking for the the silver lining, the the good thing that comes out of it, even if it, you know, on the surface seems difficult or or bad. So that's kind of the starting point where I came from. And then just over the years, just, you know, educating myself. I read a lot. I read a lot about, you know, just human behavior, about health, about, you know, fitness, about, you know, mental and just business and emotional intelligence type of concepts. And and, and energy. And so one thing, I guess, would be that just a con continuous self-education is part of that path or has been for me. And then, like I said, you know, and then as, you know, as life kind of kicks you around a little bit, you know, it's easy to become a little more cynical. And so I think it becomes even more important to develop the habits that keep you, you know, sort of on track with, with those. And I don't want to just say like, positive thinking it's it's so much more than that it it's a mm -hmm. lifelong 
dedication to building habits that are healthy. And, and like I said, it's, you know, some, some months it's, my habits are very poor, but I know what I need to go back to, to kind of ground myself and and get back in the groove. And so I think that's where, you know, it's trial and error. Like a simple example is, you know, I hate taking vitamins like pills, you know, and I could never get a good routine going with that. And so I kept just exploring different options. And I finally found an option where it's like a little machine and it, it dispenses it dispenses a powder and then some water and it shakes it up and you take it like a shot. And, oh, and so that's been, a, you know, as far as taking vitamins as a habit that changed that whole thing dynamic for me because I do it every day now, cause it's so easy and I, you know, I can tolerate it. So it's just little things like that where, you know, I'm always just trying to find like the best way to, to incorporate those good habits where they will stick and it's, you know, it makes it, it makes it easy. And, you know, cause we all get decision fatigue from all the things we have to do all day long. So finding those little things. And, and like I said, it's just really trial and error and self-education um, because I think a lot of times people want to be told what to do and, you know, how their life is, how they can make their life better or what they, you know, or, or like going to the doctor, they want an answer and a pill and a this and a that. And I feel like I look at life as it's your responsibilities, your life's you have to determine what's going to work for you. And a lot of times that's just trial and error. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, and I think that's pretty amazing that you've continued to commit to that continual learning, I think, evolving. And it's the same as business owners. You know, we constantly have to adapt and evolve to changing environments. And if we continue to do that personally, it's amazing how we can kind of continue to grow. Okay, so you mentioned lots of books you like to read on different topics. So from a personal perspective of kind of what you've learned, is there one book that stands out that you would recommend as kind of one of the most personally impactful books you've read? And, you know, I think books are interesting because depending on when in your life you're reading something, you can, mm. it, it can have different meaning and you see different things in it. And I would say, so, I mean, I've, there's a lot of really great books out there, but I would say the one is kind of a funny story. And I don't know if you know, like, you've seen movies like, I don't know, 17 again, or maybe Freaky Friday also falls in that category. But there's like the unknown janitor that nobody else sees that gives some weird advice and then you never see him again. And it, it you know, and then they're, you're trying to struggle with the meaning of it throughout, <laughs> you know. So we had an experience. I was in Florida with my business partner and another staff and, um, and we were, we had gone to see the client and then we were at the bar afterwards and we were talking and this guy, he wasn't even the bartender. I think he was like the bar back. Uh, we were talking about something and he kind of like pops up and he says, read the book, The Vortex. It will, it changed my life. It'll change yours too. And so long story short, I read that and it just at that point in my life, it was really impactful. And so I always, that that's the one that always comes top of mind to me. Amazing. Okay. That's one that I haven't read. So I'm adding it to my my playlist. I always end up on Audible because I drive a lot. So yeah. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And I agree with you. I feel the same thing. Like I read a lot of books and it's strange because sometimes I'll pick up a book and it doesn't quite resonate and I don't finish it. And then for some reason, I'll I'll pick it back up, you know, a year or two years or sometime down the line. And then all of a sudden it's, it, it hits home. Um, so sometimes, you know, it correlates to what we're dealing with at that moment. And I agree that, you know, it resonates at different times with what we're going through, but that's interesting. So I'll, I'll, I'll read it and let you know what I okay. think. <laughs> yeah. Another um, one, uh, it was not even really, I guess it's not really a health self, you know, like improvement type of book, but um, I, on Audible at Shantaran. I don't know if you've ever read that. It, uh -uh. It's an amazing, it's very long, but it's very well read if you're listening to it on Audible. What's, how's that spelled? Or it's uh, S-H-A-N-T-A-R-A-N, I think. Shantaran. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there's another one. Perfect. I have some Audible credits I need to use. <laughs> so, okay, now I have two, so. I'll let you know how those go. Okay, so back again to one other question as it relates to then kind of your your fitness practices. 
I like what you're saying about you kind of change it up. And I I, I think this is so fascinating because I think you and I are, I, I feel like we're very similar in, in a lot of these ways, which I think is very cool because I really look up to you. I have a lot of respect for you, Darcy. And it, I do the same thing. I get really bored. So I change it up all the time, constantly doing something different. And I feel like that's good you know, for our bodies anyway, you know, to build muscle, to flexibility, endurance, you know, all those different things. What I want to ask you about specifically, especially for listeners, is hot yoga. So I, I do hot yoga at times as well, you know, only like once a week or something, you know, it's really good kind of, especially like yesterday, I did a weight day, so I'm kind of sore and it's a great way to just kind of work it out in my system. But I feel like hot yoga has a certain persona about it. Or, you know, people think hot yoga, and I don't know, at least it's just me. I envision, like, you know, this guy with nothing on but, like, you know, little Speedo shorts in a hot, sweaty room pouring sweat all over, and it's just really disgusting and nasty, and why would anybody want to do that? And I feel like it can be really intimidating for people to think about, you know, especially if they've never done yoga, to think, hey, I'm going to go to this yoga studio and do yoga if they've never done that. So I don't know if you've it's something you've done for a long time and maybe you're comfortable with it, but what would you share with listeners to, to I guess, counterbalance those fears a little bit? Um, well, I've been doing hot yoga on a regular basis for probably eight years, eight or nine years. And, you know, even though, like I said, I do like to mix it up and I do other types of exercise, I, I believe I'll do this for the rest of my life. And it's, it's kind of my church, you know, it, it's, you, it's so you're able to get on your mat and just be in your own head, but be present in that moment because you're concentrating on what you're doing and it's so cleansing. I mean, and yeah, I mean, we, we sometimes will joke, you know, in class that, you know, people will be like, oh, you go to yoga. Oh, that's nice. You do some stretches. And it's like, no, it's, it's intense, but it all, you also shouldn't fear it because the, I've never been, and I've gone to a lot of yoga studios. In fact, one of the things I like to do, cause I travel a lot, um, being on the Aliot board and all over the world is I like to go to a yoga class in every city that I um, visit. And it's, um, in particular, I like to go, I've been to at least six different classes in different languages where they're teaching the class in a different language. So it's kind of oh, a cool, cool little hobby that I do when I'm traveling. And like I said, I like to try to at least hit one class when I'm when I'm out of town in a different town. And I can tell you, there has never been a studio where they aren't completely welcoming and 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 they'll ask, you know, have you been to a class before? And if you, they haven't, they'll ask, you know, do you have any injuries or do you have any questions? And they always tell you, you know, if you feel like you can't do it, just just lay down on your mat. You know, Savasana is fine. You can do that all class, you know. It does. And so I feel like you, it shouldn't be intimidating because the communities are so welcoming and like I said, I've never been in a, in a studio, you know, foreign or domestic where people were just very willing to help you in any way. That's kind of what it's all about. So I would not be intimidated at all. That's amazing. Well, I'm not going to invite myself, but for the record, next time we go to Aliyat, I would love to go with you if you don't mind company. But like I say, don't feel obligated. <laughs> but I would love to go. And and I'll I'll second that. I mean, I've been one like I've I've worked out most of my life. I was a college athlete, but I was never a gym person. So gyms of any type are terrifying to me. I'm one that I don't like to feel like I'm being looked at in any capacity ever. And so the gym environment is really really terrifying. And that includes yoga studios. And and you know you're sitting here doing this thing in front of mirrors, and it's really uncomfortable. It, for, for for me to feel like, oh gosh, there's mirrors and I, the last thing I want to do is sit here and look. But it's really interesting because I'm always, it's inspiring to me that when I'll go to a class, there is, you know, a mix of, of men and women, typically pretty even mix, people of all different body types and body styles and sizes and everything else. And the other thing is once I get in there and I lay on my mat and I begin, it's to your point, it's like, you get into this focus where 
I don't even see another person. Exactly. Literally don't yeah. see anyone else. So, you know, if that's just to say, if we can inspire one single person who listens to this to maybe try it, I'll encourage you that nobody's looking. Nobody is seeing no, you. Nobody's looking. Nobody's judging. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's there like for their own reasons. And And what's really great about it is one of the things that you learn is um, many things that you learn are, you know, just kind of patience. And, and you know, someday, even if you go all the time, some days are harder than others. Some days you can't balance it all. And some days you're right on point. Um, you know, and so you realize that in this space, in this time, this is what you have to work with and that's okay. And that's much like life in general, right? So the idea is that you take all these things you learn about yourself in that space and you apply it to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. So then now shifting gears how have you been able to apply those practices to your your CPA practice? Um, you know, I think one of the things is um, just that patience. I mean, I've always been a pretty good listener, but it it helps, you know, especially in if you run into situations where somebody's upset or you know there's something controversial or you know that it really helps to just to just breathe, you know, breathe, listen, try to understand what they're going through, what they're saying, and not not react. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, just being able to sort of design your life. You're not going to be able to control everything that comes your way, but you can certainly control how you respond to it. And 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 I say respond because that's the planning, that's the practice that, and you put all this in place, you're you're responding, you're not reacting. And I think mm-hmm. there's a big distinction between those two. And I think there's a big distinction on the impact that those those two, you know, ways we can deal with things impacts you from a health standpoint. I really do. And I feel like a lot of the, you know, there's so many cases of people with anxiety and depression and, you know, that's always been around, but it's definitely something that we're seeing much more now than ever. And I think mm-hmm. that's in response to all of the, you know, the inputs that are coming our way, you know, the data that, you know, just everything's moving so fast, the technology, um, the news, the, you know, all the things that are thrown at you all day long, your emails, your your chats, your this, your that. I mean, it it, it can drive you over the edge if you if you allow it to. But, you know, I just like for me, I don't have notifications turned on and all those different things. You know, there's a couple of things that I have, but, you know, I just don't allow it to take me, all those things to take me off focus because it's already challenging enough, you know, dealing with, you know, people calling and people within the workplace needing things and um, that to, if you can't focus for more than five minutes, you're, you're going to feel overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as looking at the the challenges we face from that perspective, what are some of the opportunities that you've discovered through kind of overcoming those challenges? Um, I guess it's just the opportunity to, like I said, design your own life. It, it's a real thing and you can do it. It's It just takes practice. And I think, you know, you have to push away the urge to to respond to everything that pops up because you're never going to get there if, if you can't focus, you know, whether it's focusing on what you want out of life or focusing out on a project. It's, you know, so I think that's an opportunity if, you know, if you're struggling with something in particular or not, your life isn't going the way you want or your career or you've got a problem you can't solve. If you can just kind of push out all the noise and be able to singularly focus on what it is that you feel you need to solve that problem. I feel like that's an opportunity, but I think so many people, especially, you know, the younger generation that's been raised in this environment, you know, of cell phones and constant pinging, that it's an addiction. I mean, it's, you know, if you study, you know, those sorts of things, that's, that's what it's meant to be, right? You know, all of these things are meant to get you to participate in whatever platform they're selling. And so it actually, you know, having, you know, somebody like something or ping me or whatever, you know, it secretes a 
chemical in the brain that, you know, basically says, I like this, this is good, you know, but over time, it really is not healthy. And if you're not getting what you want out of your career or life or, you know, have a problem you feel like you can't solve, I say the opportunity is to shut all those things down and really start thinking about what you what you do want, not what you don't want. Mm. I think that's huge. Yeah, that's it's such a great point. And yeah, I mean, I think social media, I think the notifications, even on emails, I mean, controlling that stuff does provide the opportunity to kind of empower oneself, again, to really focus on what matters. Yeah, so and, using, and using those platforms as tools rather than mm-hmm. um, having them run you. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. So I would imagine that you deciding to start your own firm as a I should know the statistic, but maybe you do. Pretty sure there are not very many women run CPA firms. Most firms are run by predominantly male. And not only are you a partner, but you've started your own firm with your your other partner, who is also a woman. So tell me a little bit about what motivated you guys to to do that. And then also it's kind of two part question. What some of those challenges were with doing that? I mean, that that had to be a little scary. So I feel like you're you're pretty powerful to have come up with that, to be determined to do that and to have accomplished what you've accomplished. So I'm so fascinated by that. So uh, again, it kind of events unfolded that that led us here. Um, I think one point to make is that when you, just like in a, a romantic relationship, when you enter into a partnership, I feel like the key components that you need to have in common are you have to you have to share the same values and have similar work ethic. I think those mm-hmm. are the two things. Because my co-founder Nikki and I. Um, we are very different people. Like we can go into a meeting and come out and we have a completely different perspective on what just happened. And, you know, and that that can be helpful, you know, it's complimentary, but sometimes you can butt heads over that as well. But I think if you have those foundational components of shared values and work ethic that can carry you through those differences, you know, when they're not when they're not synchronized or, you know, complementary. So I think that's the key. And that's kind of what led us here is, and, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody and that's not the point, but, you know, we found ourselves mm-hmm. in a situation where, so I was, a situation where I just felt like there were some things that didn't align with my values and how I realized that was, you know, I was, I've always loved what I do, excited to get up and, and you know, do my job and go to work. And I found myself waking up with my stomach hurt. I just, you know, just felt like, Something was happening that wasn't in alignment with who I was, and I could feel it in my body physically. Mm-hmm. And so, um, long story short, you know, that went on for a while, and it was one of the scariest because I was a, a partner in, in another firm prior. And one of the scariest things was to, you know, to break that apart and and leave that firm and leave that partnership. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just kind of split the sheets, half the staff, half the clients. You know, it was kind of a 50-50 deal. And and while it was re- it was one of the scariest things that I ever did, I couldn't not do it. It's like there's well, no way I could have stayed in that situation just for me personally. So while it was scary, it was necessary. And then, you know, once we made that decision, it was actually really exciting. Like I, there was no fear after that point. Um, you know, we already had, I'd already been practicing for, I don't know, 20 years, close to 20 years. So, you know, had a client base. And, you know, when we opened up our doors here, you know, we were literally having, you know, the last bit of carpet put down and things happening while we're opening our doors. And um, we always laugh about, you know, Nikki would say, well, you know, CCH isn't going to be able to convert the data. And I'm like, no, no, it's not an option. Um, You know, it has to be done by this date or we're going to find somebody else. And so we just, it was just literally like, you know, take no prisoners. This is happening. If you can't do it, we'll find somebody else to do it. And, you know, no is not an option. And and that was it. And it, it's been, you know, there really hasn't been any scary times to speak of financially since we started. And I think that just speaks to, like I said, both of our work ethic. You know, we just we just work hard and we feel like that's, you know, that's part of the deal. 
Well, kudos to you because again, I mean, that's I I am conservative. I mean, very much kind of accounting. Also, the other thing I was going to tell you is I also studied marketing, graduated with a degree in marketing, and then sort of ended up later going back and getting a master's in tax and moving into accounting. So, so I think it's a good perspective, and that probably I would assume helped you with starting your firm because you have just kind of that marketing mindset and a little bit of background to kind of guide you down that path. But regardless of the knowledge, it's still one of the scariest things to take that leap of faith and to to branch out in that. So again, I think it's been phenomenal. And I think your perspective and how you work with clients is amazing, um, which is why I've referred clients to. I hope to refer more because I always tell people that you are, are fantastic at what you do. So one interesting question I have is, so what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, ugh, I don't know. Um, like I said, I just, I've always been such an optimist that I feel like, and I don't, I don't feel like that's a bad way to be, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of that energy you bring and what, what comes back to you. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really think of anything specifically. I feel like it's just, you know, it's all a journey. And I guess I've always known that. And I, I think, you know, maybe it's be, just because of the fact of how I grew up and was bouncing around all the time. You know, I feel like I was um, an old soul at an early age. And so maybe that's why I can't really think of anything. <laughs> That's a, that's okay. I I think it's you know it's reflective too of just kind of your your internal journey of growth. So a little bit on that same note with a different spin though is if you were talking with a young person who was thinking about public accounting as a career path, what would you say to them in terms of you know what what they would face in this industry? Um, I think that uh, like I said earlier, you know you you've got to love it or you're going to hate it eventually. <laughs> so, you know, making sure that, you know, it's not only the right, that accounting's not only the right profession, but that public accounting is the right fit. And, and you know, and I get it that people have to come in and try it to to see if they're going to like it, you know, and, and sometimes they don't. But I also, like I was saying earlier, what I would tell them and what I would tell anybody in any profession um, is to really spend time reflecting on what it is you want you know what do you want out of your life and and that changes over time right so that's why it's good to always be self-evaluating um because the more clear that you can be about that then the more likely you're you're going to get it i know that sounds so obvious but but i think a lot of times people are not happy with where they're at or they feel like they haven't received what they've you know, what they deserve or, or things like that. But, um, you know, if you can clarify that and and be clear with the people that you work with, that those are the things that you want um, because they can help pave the pathway for you, you know. But when when you're unsure, then so is everyone else. So I just feel like it's, it, you know, and it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds to do, but that's the advice I do give people all the time is to, you know, to really give some thought to what it is they're, they're wanting to do with their life. And, and yeah, you got to, you know, there's trial and error involved in everything. And, you know, you, you start something and it doesn't work out and that's okay. That's part of the process as well. Um, mm-hmm. but I think just being honest and communicating um, with people, especially if you're, you know, if you're an employee, the more communication and honesty that, you can, you know, bring to the table, you're going to get that back. Absolutely. Yeah. And to your point, I think it it isn't that easy sometimes to say what we want, because sometimes, especially I feel like with young people, there are so many options and so many opportunities that it's almost, it's almost debilitating because, you know, there's so many things in front of us that it can be scary. And sometimes it even feels like we're pigeonholing ourselves if we say this is what I want some people you know I know people who you know in high school are like this is what I want this is my goal and they just they hit that path and they run but others you know it, it is absolutely a journey of of you know trying things evolving maybe feeling we want something and then realizing maybe not you know and kind of evolving that process and uh, and I, I appreciate what you're saying and agree that, you know, reinventing ourselves is not a bad thing. No. And, and you know, we've had through this coaching that I do. I mean, we've had people who, 
you know, they're they're struggling with deciding whether they want to stay in public accounting. And, and, you know, we've helped them transition to other jobs, you know. So, and, you know, maybe every employer isn't that open-minded, but but you might be surprised, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think honesty is really important. And like I said, it kind of goes to those core values and the mm-hmm. things that will really carry you through life. And, and, you know, sometimes you're dealing with people that maybe don't have, you're, you're not in alignment. And, and I feel like you can, as you, as you define yourself more, you'll also be able to identify more quickly and more clearly when you're not in alignment. Mm. Wow. Well, I think that's kind of powerful because to your point, it's very much like yoga and you find that center and you find your balance. And you mentioned that earlier in your previous position where you started to feel physically sick. Physically, you were feeling like you were off and and not kind of aligned or following that path. And I mean, that's pretty powerful because you know not everyone feels that or a lot of us, I think, push that aside or bury, you know, we push that down yeah, and, and push through it instead of listening to that. And um, I think it's amazing that you have listened to that and pushed through and, um, and your success again has been very inspiring. So before we wrap up for our listeners who are not seeing our cameras, uh, Darcy has her dog Jackson, who she has this beautiful white couch behind mm-hmm. her. It's a gorgeous couch. And Jackson is a black dog, and he's been sleeping on the couch most of the podcast. He is adorable. <laughs> tell us a little bit about Jackson for those guys who can't see him. Uh, there's so much to tell. He's like, he's my soulmate, I think. <laughs> um, so he, I adopted him when he was eight weeks old. He was a rescue, and I thought I was adopting a, a little black lab. And um, within a year, he started showing some aggression and um, long story short, I had him several years and, and he had, he had tried to bite of several people and, and, and I, you know, I started questioning whether, you know, it could handle this dog, you know, was it fair? Cause he needs a lot of exercise. And, and then, you know, I just thought, well, you know, I, and, uh, you know, me thinking, can I handle this dog? This does a very traumatic thought to me. Cause I, you know, he, he's been with me a long time and, but I wanted to do what was fair to him. I did, never wanted to see him be his life be jeopardized by him being put down or something like that. So long story short, I got him in to, when he was six years old. I got him into board and train, and it was supposed to be like a couple of weeks. It ended up being eight weeks, and the where yeah. she kept him because he was, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but she was a great trainer, and um, and then they also train you as the owner and train you how to utilize tools so that you can introduce them to new people and, you know, make sure he stays safe, everybody stays safe. So, um, since then we haven't had any problems. I know, I know what to do with him. And, and so, and what she had told me was the deal you make with him is that, you know, he, he must listen to you, but in exchange, you're not going to let anybody go into his space without his permission and and that's worked out well and so um i mean we go as much as i can i take him everywhere with me um we do road trips we i'm going down to san diego for three weeks renting a house down there in december and he comes with me and um we just recently um in august we went I've always wanted to go backpacking and I've never done it because I didn't know what was all involved. And I had some friends who invited me, a couple of girlfriends. And so the three of us girls and Jackson, we hit the trails of the Ruby Mountains in Elko and um, we went backpacking for several days oh. and wow. what an amazing journey. And he had his own backpack as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, you know, just kind of like, part of me i mean we're we're definitely attached so animals are are great if you've got an animal in your life you're lucky yeah <laughs> absolutely i am a hundred percent in agreement and i i'm i'm inspired i was like i wonder if i could fit a couch back here behind me because <laughs> i think that Bo needs to sleep right here behind me and <laughs> he'll be on all my zoom calls i i freaking love that <laughs> uh, so how very cool well, Darcy, I, I'm so glad we got the chat and thank you so much for coming on and kind of sharing your story because 
I know sometimes it's a little awkward to just kind of open up your your heart and who you are as a person. But, you know, as I had mentioned, I, I really respect you and I've kind of seen that light in you and that you've really made sure to commit to yourself, both physically and mentally, as well as running a successful firm. And I think it's inspiring. And, you know, hopefully what you've shared can be helpful for other people. But I'm very appreciative for you coming on. And again, thank you so much. And uh, uh, why don't you share your contact information for anyone who'd be interested in in reaching out to you? What's your maybe your website address? It's um, caseyneeland.com. So C-A-S-E-Y-N-E-I-L-O-N.com. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody's interested in, in visiting her website or contacting Darcy um, or her team, if you need any assistance in that area or really in any more, it doesn't even matter virtually. Uh, they really have a wonderful firm. Last question, actually, I, I didn't really focus on what your specialty is. Is there a particular client or specialty that you feel like you really shine and um, people that you could help? Um, you know, it, there is. Um, it's not necessarily industry driven, although we do do a lot of real estate and, and um, trust work and, you know, kind of estate planning that realm. But really at the heart of all of that are what we call serial entrepreneurs. So they're the crazy people who have multiple businesses that are running a million miles a minute. And they're really looking for, um, you know, a team of people that or people that can be on their team to help advise them in real time. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's the shortest version of it, but, um, yeah. And, and, and again, like a lot of practitioners don't take on that type of work cause it's just a lot, but, or, you know, it's, it's not as focused as, as it could be if you're, um, just doing tax returns and, but, but in general, we, we don't like to just do a tax return where we feel like that's kind of an after the fact product, um, mm -hmm and transactional. And so we, uh, we really look for clients who are looking for advice, you know, want to partner in, in that journey, whether it be because of their businesses or, and, or, you know, there's family office, you know, there's groups of clients. So typically um, I work with a client who, you know, as a group maybe has 10 or 20 different entities at a minimum entities mm -hmm. or trusts or family members, you know, just, they're all interrelated. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, well, that's, that's really good to know because, you know, we, we certainly run into those. And if anyone listening, you know, has a need, again, I cannot speak highly enough about Darcy and her team. So uh, with that, we will close. But again, Darcy, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll be talking with you soon. Thanks.